Peace and blessings, everybody. You are now listening to The Good Brother Experience, where it is I, the original black man, the good brother, I am Reek. And you are now listening to the social commentary portion of the show. I finally got to it. I just wanted to lay some foundation in parts 1.1 and 1.1 plus so you can see why my initial show dissolved and uh, just some background on me, just so all of us can be on the same page as to why you're listening to me. You're listening to me because I'm fucking interesting, and my mom told me I was special. Anywho, I want to lead off with something. Um, I'm recording this at 11.14 on August 26th, which means the moment I get done recording, I'm just going to upload this shit. And the reason I wanted to tell y'all the exact time I was recording this is because earlier this morning, pardon me, uh, I need some goddamn water. Anywho, I was watching the the Chappelle uh, stand-up special, Sticks and Stones, and I wanted to leave with this because I don't know how perceptive a lot of you guys are. Everybody has their gifts. Everybody has their thing that they pretty much mesh with. Or everybody has their thing that they're gifted in, but everybody doesn't have the gift of perception. And um, I just wanted to give you guys my take on what I saw in that special. Now, to no degree is that his best special. That's not the funniest special he's ever put out. That's not the most uh, produced as far as monetarily putting theatrics into the shit as far as stage set i'm sorry stage set uh is concerned but what was particularly interesting about that special is what i feel matter of fact i'm gonna start i'm gonna stop saying feel because i was once told by my man's father that's a 70 years old nobody cares how you feel people care about what you think so i need to start introducing think into uh my word usage as far as this podcast is concerned. I want to be viewed as a thinker and not as a feeler. So, but I think that a uh, comedic performance was supposed to showcase was to break down barriers that we have actually put up ourselves as consumers. He didn't set out to be the funniest. He didn't set out to push an agenda as far as trying to cement, his, cement himself as the person that's going to garner the most money from a stand-up special or whatever have you what he did was incredibly courageous i do nothing in television i do nothing in film but i'm more than positive that every single red flag that you're that you cannot pretty much cross as far as being entertainer is concerned he crossed it he talked about a myriad of topics uh, all of which was extremely con. Uh, let's see what I don't want to say. Do I want to say controversial? Yeah, let's go with controversial. And not only was he being controversial, he was being like openly disrespectful, but in a comedic way. I'm pretty sure Lenny Bruce in the 50s or Red Fox in the 60s uh, was pretty much followed that, t- that same tactic of whatever was supposedly outlawed i want to implement this into my stand-up comedy not only to show my genius but to show niggas that i will not be comedic with boundary 
And I feel like that's really important. And if you are a creator of any sort, I really feel as though you should watch uh, this hour-long special, Sticks and Stones by Dave Chappelle. Uh, it came out today, because um, I'm recording this on a Monday. So I'm pretty sure the majority of you guys have work in the morning. And I don't, because I'll save why I'm not working for another podcast. I mean, probably the one that's going to be up on Monday, 2.1. I'm going to be re- releasing on Monday. Anywho, I just wanted to share that with y'all. But you know what? Nah, this is way too important for me to just to be going on. Dave Chappelle is the best comedian of all time. I don't care. And what I can say is, through YouTube, I've listened to Richard Pryor's um, albums. And I've also watched his stand-up performances. Because I'm an only child, and I don't really need to share any entertainment medium with anyone and I never have so if I ever was curious about what was going on if I even wanted to watch like Walt Chamberlain play I would just load that shit up on the computer and just see what was going on and um I've heard Bill Cosby I've heard Richard Pryor I've heard all the Martin Lawrence specials I've seen Jamie Foxx specials I've seen all the kings of comedy in their uh in the individual specials that they've put out uh, probably out of the case of comedy, I would say the general consensus is Bernie Mac was the uh, the best one, and I've seen his specials as well, uh, and also offbeat uh, stand-up performances, you know, 10 to 15-minute performances. You'd be surprised what you can find on YouTube. Um, I know I'm, I'm missing somebody. What is his name? He recently passed away. Dick. Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory is one of those hidden gems of... Uh, being a stand-up comedian that nobody really speaks about. They always speak about his political savvy, but not so much his uh, comedic timing and his uh, comedic delivery. And also what uh, what actually made him him was he was more than just this brash, uh, politically driven comedian. He was also a visionary. But I'm deviating to the primary point here. And, you know, you can also talk about George Carlin and all them, but they're white, so whatever. Uh, Dave Chappelle, if you just watch all of his specials, uh, Equanimity, uh, the other one when he was sitting down, the majority of it, I forgot the name of that. Um, The two specials that he did, Killing Him Softly, and the one he did in San Francisco where you had that weird-ass mustache. And if you watch this one, you really can't put him into a box of what you would expect. But with this one, you can tell he had an agenda. And that agenda is, I'm not active on social media, but I'm amongst my peers who are very active in social media. If you're a friend of Kevin Hart, which is like the king of social media, then you pretty much get to see what was going on. And he had an incredible bit about Kevin Hart as well in his film, or I should say in his uh, stand-up. And he was like, yo, every single red flag that is placed as that is placed upon my coworkers, my compadres, my friends, I'm going to be the sacrificial lamb. I'm going to say everything that needs to be said. And I'm witty enough to make it comedic to where it's not so brash and in your face and violently and distastefully disrespectful. And, um. My shout outs to Dave Chappelle, man, because that took a lot of courage. 
and it takes a lot of courage he can possibly mess up his money like that if netflix comes to him like yo listen <clears throat> of course they had to pre-screen the stand up to green light it for them to put it on their streaming process but if the backlash is too great they might take that shit off or they might be placed into a corner like yo listen dave man we applaud you for what you tried to do but we're getting too much discourse as far as pushback of your less comedic effort. So I, I think we're going to have to pull back on future dealings. Like he really put himself in a position to where he can lose the bag. And that is the quintessential definition of being free. And I know I'm still be talking about more current events because I'm only talking to you guys for half an hour. But freedom is just so important to me. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure any of you guys that create can really understand how important freedom is and how it can be stripped from you from arbitrary nonsense of some white people that can't dance that wear baggy ass khakis will tell you what the fuck is going on or women that eat casserole that wear dresses to showcase curvature in their body and they like curvature they look like fucking sheetrock they will be the people who tell you what the fuck is going on and that shit is not groovy so with that being said i'm going to continue since I'm on the uh since I'm on this vibe of discussing creators, I want to take a few minutes to talk about Missy Elliott. Now the reason why I'm gonna bring her up is as I record this, I believe she just got done performing. Uh the Video Music Awards, uh the the award show that MTV does every year, uh recently gave her the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. Know what I'm saying? Now, we all know that Michael Jackson was the king of pop, and some would say his visuals matched how ill his vocal performance was, which is incredibly rare. And Missy is in that rare air of being a creator, and the visual portion matches the singing portion, or the audio portion, or the sonic portion, whatever word you want to place in there as far as the sonics of what she's trying to provide for you as a creative experience. And visually, what she provided for you as far as the creative experience. And in the pantheon of women, right? To me, I'm not going to talk about everybody. You have MC Light. You have um that woman. She had a Netflix special about her, about her career. And she was one of the first female MCs to really like make noise as far as that being... A rapper is concerned. Why am I getting a brain fart? I want to say MC Shan so badly, but I know it's not MC Shan. I got to put this on pause, y'all, because she deserves way more credit than I'm giving her right now. Give me one second. And I am back. And Roxanne Shante. That's what I was thinking about. My fault, y'all. <clears throat> and I mean, you got Nicki Minaj, got all kind of people, but Missy. Not only did she remain true to her craft throughout the entirety of her career, and I didn't even recognize that she hasn't had an album out in 15 years, but what's more iller to me is the fact that, when, well, this day and age, everybody's multifaceted, everybody's multidimensional, but um, just the various ways she used to talk about getting piped was just so extraordinary to me, yo. The majority of her lyrics was talk about was talking about her getting pipe the whole time. Does she even have kids? Does she has has she ever been married? Has she ever had a fucking boyfriend? 
has she ever grabbed penis? I don't even know. Like, Missy just looks like, I mean, let's just call it for what it is. Missy looks like her typical gender of choice is not men. Lo and behold, her whole shit is about pipe. And not only is it about pipe, she will fuck around and, if you're worth it, let me work it. But the dang damn, nigga. That shit, that video had nothing to do with her getting some pipe. That shit is so dope to me. So, shout out to Missy for deceptively showing women, whether you're 90 years old or 9 years old, you can talk about getting pipe in mad ill ways without having to showcase butt cheeks. You know what I mean? Uh, not to say that anything wrong with showcasing butt cheeks because I am a butt cheek enthusiast, but um, she just found different and creative ways just to showcase her lyricism which is something that has to be applauded and i'm glad that mtv recognized that what else do we got here uh shout out to chris chris helps me out with uh my current events and all that type of shit here's something that i found interesting interesting sorry about that y'all hasbro the toy company uh they bought uh death row records and um i'm 29 so I really started to have comprehension about the world around me as uh, death row started to come to a decline. Uh, I think we all could admit that between 1992 to 97, maybe 96, when Tupac died, that's when death row was at its apex. And I was two, three, four, five, and six, if you want to include 1997 I was seven years old so I didn't really have a full understanding about the world around me at that time but um oftentimes rappers give Suge Knight his props of nobody was taking a in-house uh record label that was not established by some rich affluent white man and getting hundred million dollar deals and being the person that was at the forefront and being the record label being at the forefront of record sales. I know a lot of you guys will look to bad boy for that, but death row was lit before bad boy was lit and Snoop Dogg and Dre and them were more profitable than Biggie. There's just no other way to say it. Know what I'm saying? So to watch what happened to them is just something I just want to touch on just real quick. It's karma. I mean, everybody hears about these monstrous acts that, Shook Knight did and on how accurate the uh straight out of Compton straight out of Compton depiction was of him about him uh getting niggas beat up and all kind of other shit having dogs bite people and making niggas get naked and robbing niggas and doing all kind of just crazy shit. Now I mean it just shows that even when you're on when you're on top of the world, you still gotta stay alive, man. And uh five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty years after you was lit if you're a shitty person, you end up in jail and toy companies will buy your creation, which is just mayhem. Uh, that's mayhem to me. I don't know if that's mayhem to y'all. Where are we at right now? 15 minutes. Okay, still got mad topics left. So, y'all need, need a water break? Juice break? Popcorn break? Candy break? Perhaps even a fellatio break? Uh, Conalingus break for all the lovely ladies out there. We all need breaks, man. We're at the 15 minute mark, so I definitely understand. I ain't going nowhere. 
But if uh, you're staying around, then yeah, let's get into more of some of these current events that we got going on here, man. Uh, let me ask y'all something. I, d- I just got done talking about Missy. Uh, I was talking about Suge Knight. Let's keep this relatively music related as far as current events is concerned. How do y'all really feel about Young Jeezy? Like for real. Not what he meant to you at a certain point in time. What what did how do y'all feel about him now? Not as a man because the majority of us don't know him or what he stands for. But uh his music. Do you align with his music still? The reason why I ask is because his last effort from what uh I'm being told is uh this is his final album, T M one oh four the legend of the snowman and i don't know how old a lot of you guys are but if you graduated between i want to say 2003 to 2010 at some point in your life you owned a snowman shirt and young jay-z was spearheading at one point in time being a super trapper yeah you know i mean Yes, T.I. came out before him. Yes, Clips came out before him. No, he wasn't the first person to talk about selling drugs. But the snowman shit, yo, that shit was something that is very rare in the culture where somebody's, I can liken it to 50 Cent, where their apparel and just the movement around them and their aura just totally just captures the eyes of everybody that's around. And, uh, as a current event, I have a take that I stole from my man Sergio Velli on Twitter. Uh, young Jeezy, his greatest mistake is that he got good at rapping. Now, good is subjective. I don't know how you might feel about him lyrically, but he can definitely write beats better. He can he definitely performs on a lyric level way better than he has than he has ever have. Um, I even want to say his topics and his viewpoints are something that has definitely evolved as he's evolved uh, as a person. But um, that's actually, to me, his greatest downfall because his one-liners, although comedic, uh, really, like, stood out. Point blank range, go chicken and noodles and, like, the shit they used to say and all that. Like, you never went to Young Jeezy for, like, lyrical complexity. Now, I mean, same thing with 2 chains. You don't go for these particular artists for a lyrical complexity or the gymnastics that they can perform and all the other type of shit. You go to them for, like, very, like, straight edge. You're saying some shit that is, like, halfway... Uh, What word do I want to use? It's halfway entertaining and uh, halfway impressive. You know what I'm saying? For you to just have the confidence to say something that could not be taken serious but the subject matter that you're speaking about is serious is actually a skill in itself and um his last album i didn't listen to but i'm going to listen to this album all because to me and i want to say this is the i can't say the general consensus but the people who i'm around latch on to his first two albums and that's pretty much carried him throughout the rest of his career now his first two albums were incredible but um now uh, it just pains me that i don't see that same level of camaraderie around jay-z that we once saw 
know what I'm saying? Like he's someone that the game, Rick Ross and Jeezy, I believe have like the best beat selection in hip hop. Like period. And I'm not even leaving anybody out. Maybe you can throw Jay-Z in there, but he's great at everything. But those three people in particular, like they never let me down as far as beats are concerned. But um I'm very curious to see what he has to offer for his last album. What are, where does he want to go? Does he want to go with like the funny one-liners that he once went with? Does he want to go with stellar lyricism? Does he have something to prove as far as being an artist? Like, yo, if I'm going to go out for this to be my last album, I'm going to go back to Trap G- Jeezy. Am I going to go back to fucking Akon Jeezy? Uh, am I going to go back to pretty much having spaces in his bars so the 16 bars can fill up without him having to say too much or is he going to come through and try to bar you to death i'm very interested to see that and uh due to the fact that i'm still staying around music i want to talk about jadena jadena has an album out and it's called 85 to africa i also haven't heard this album but Jadena is interesting to me because uh, if you want to go back to, I want to say, 2007 when Cash Out came out. I'm cashing out. I mean, or even before that, it's very easy to catch fire. Not even 2007. Pretty much the majority of hip hop. But there was no social media then and there's social media now. So if you have one hit that everybody can recognize, you can pretty much parlay that into other avenues. But some way, somehow, Jadena found a way to still be at the forefront as far as recognition is concerned. Because he found... The one thing that I believe everyone has to do if you really want to be taken serious, you have to get the approval of black women. You have to. Now, I mean, I don't know how it is if you're white, but if you're black, if black women don't support you, you're pretty much a dub. And with dubbing, actually, I didn't even mean to do it like this. He's going on this tour, and I, if this is a marketing tactic, I have to applaud this man, like for real. He took off the suits. He's starting to wear like african dry fit t-shirts and fucking pants trousers whatever the fuck you want to call them shits and he's going on tour city to city block to block dubbing with the women folk yo like not only do i want y'all approval i want y'all to catch this waistline and whoever's his, whoever is his publicist that told him like yo you know what you need to do for your album release parties you need to just dub with the women. Like, no more VIP. No more you just going on the mic saying, hey, I'm Jadena. I'm not in that classic man shit no more. Listen to the album. I need to be taken serious as an artist. Blah, I have red hair. Shut up, nigga. Hit the floor with your fucking African garb under armor and fucking dub with these joints. And he's doing that. And that is fucking dope. So much so, I'm gonna um I'm going to listen to this album. He had a song called Long Live the Chief that I really, really liked that I don't think caught a lot of traction. I'm I'm pretty sure that it has trillions of views on YouTube, but as far as like it being played, I didn't really hear it played anywhere. 
but um even a little bit more which i really liked which i want to say was really at the infancy of Afrobeats being introduced into mainstream america uh i'm pretty sure that some music enthusiasts can be like reek nigga come on this shit has been out man you just you fucking you late on the fucking Afrobeats. shut up shut up you know full and well niggas was not playing Afrobeats in the club four years ago what is it 2000 yeah 2015 2016 2017 there was very very minimal Afrobeats going on this shit is relatively recent son you know what i mean this burner boy nigga the nigga that's killing it this nigga was not getting played years ago and when i say years i mean like three four years ago not on a uh Af- not not african sorry about that not on an american level but shout out to Jadena. I'm very curious to see what 85 to Africa sounds like. Know what I mean? And um, ASAP Rocky. He uh, was released from prison. I don't know under what grounds. But he was in Sweden. And Donald Trump was tweeting about it. And he's the president. So he gets as much attention as any human being on the planet can get. And... Because from what he says, Kanye West, he really like put a big effort into getting ASAP Rocky free and out that jail cell. And um, when invited to the White House to at least say thank you, uh, Rocky was like, nah, nigga, Flacco forever, nigga. Lord pretty Flacco Jody, I ain't fucking saying fucking thank you to that nigga. could have left me in there. And I thought about this. Is that swag that... The president of the United States was tweeting about your freedom. You acquired said freedom. He says, hey, have a drink with me. I I wasn't really too familiar with you, but somebody on my team told me what this free word means. I guess free means when you're released from prison. And I, I tweeted f- hashtag free Rocky and, you know, at least have a beignet with me. And uh, Rocky was like, no, I'm not sharing beignets with you, nigga. I don't give a fuck what you did. You're still Donald Trump, and I'm still Liddy. I'm still motherfucking babyface, and I got him out here in these streets fucking these white women. So I don't know what you talking about, bro, man. Now, I mean, what would you do if you are a recording artist and you were in Sweden and your man's got jumped? You jumped in like a real nigga, and Sweden had you. What bases look like? ikea from what i saw them fucking jail cells was looking astounding i think those jail cells look better than my actual room that i'm recording in right now but in any case if you was in a a pretty much comfortable jail cell for weeks on end i don't know how he's being treated humanely or inhumanely president does what he has to do to get you up out of there you actually get up out of there he's like hey man just come to the crib come vibe with me real quick i want to see what you're about and he's like, nah, would, would, you, would you be on that type of time if Donald Trump helped you out? Really think about that. I don't know. I would at least tell that man thank you. Now, man, I don't know what actually had to happen. But, um, fuck it. Matter of fact, what the fuck am I talking about? Fuck Trump. Now, I mean, I need to be fucking president. Matter of fact, when you're voting, there's a portion to where you can fill in whatever name you want. Put in Reek, the original black man. I'll be our president. And I want to close this uh, with something that I found interesting. The summer playlist that the Obama family released. And I was looking this shit up. And 
I'm more than positive that his children curated this list because I feel like Obama doesn't even listen to music. I don't feel like Michelle li- listens to music. I feel like <clears throat> I keep saying feel. You know, at the top of the show, I was saying think. I need to, I need to start saying think. And I, I'm saying feel out of just habit, man. I got to cut this habit. I think Barack Obama is in a space, especially now where he's in cruise control. And with basically murdering innocents in Syria and all the type of shit he was doing, uh, he probably doesn't have like the bandwidth to be receptive to new information. I know he still has efforts of trying to help humanity, whatever have you. But when really would he have time to listen to new music? Now, he was a average human being for 40 years of his life. So I want to say prior to 2008, 2009, probably knows all the songs in the world. But like when, unless he has serious radio, you let me know when he has the opportunity to listen to fucking boot up at LMA or move forever by Beyonce, Jay-Z, Childish Gambino, and whoever this last nigga is. Who is Maggie Rogers? Like the, these are people that I don't even know, and I'm I've never been president in my life. Now I mean, he has songs like "Toast" by Coffee. Now I mean, that's Afrobeat, something nobody was listening to. Not nobody, but Americans were not listening to on a grand scale until not too long ago. He got the "Feel the Vibe" joint. He got the best part with Daniel Caesar and her. Like I'm, the Young Bloods get together. Like when was you listening to this? You you let me, you're trying to tell me that if I go into Obama crib. And I had the opportunity to barbecue with this man. Motherfucking, can I kick it? But matter of fact, nah, he's probably playing that. But you're gonna let me. You're gonna tell me that "Too Good" by Drake and Rihanna's playing. His daughter's got the playlist, man. Now I mean, but whenever you have an opportunity, look at this playlist and actually put this playlist to use because I feel like I'm gonna do this. I, I think I'm gonna listen to this playlist and see what, what it's hidden for. I need to give props to obama's daughters because this nigga definitely did not fucking make this nigga got danged by mac miller and anderson pack fuck out of here he is not listening to that shit my nigga what are you talking about no way i'm looking at this shit now and happy with the rolling stones he's listening to that but uh con altura with rosalia and jay balvin come on boy no way but you know what due to the fact that he was an indentured servant uh, I think you only get paid $400,000 a year. They probably paid this nigga. Like, I'm pretty sure record executives came and pulled up on him like, yo, you can put this shit out? Um, you telling me if Rap Caviar can get a playlist, you're not going to pay Obama 100 racks to fucking put you on a playlist? Like, come on, bro. It's all marketing. But me being, uh, me not putting faith into how things actually materializes for another podcast... But this podcast is over. I'm at the half an hour mark. I want to thank y'all for listening to me. Uh, next week, I promise you I'm going to be better with the social commentary as far as uh, what's going on and things that I'm seeing and things I want to speak about. I definitely want to speak about a few things as far as black businesses are concerned and just uplifting black people and um, ha- keeping everybody abreast about what's happening around us. Everybody has jobs. Everybody got lives. So you can look to me to have everything down packed as far as what's going down as far as black people are concerned but until we meet again uh i hope you enjoyed this episode and the listener letter portion will be released on wednesday uh see you on wednesday i'll let your boy